five. Loading. Four. It's a sharing up. And so sorry. Three. Almost there. Two. Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan is gone. Oh, can you believe this? One. Here we go. Now. Introducing Sunday League Finest Podcast with your host, David Donis and Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Welcome in to Sunday League's Finest, folks. I am your host, David Donis, here with O.B. El Chiquito Hernandez. O.B., <laughs> what's going on, man? Hey, uh, how'd you know about my nickname, dude? I thought only the girls <laughs> knew that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I, I use Chiquito ironically because uh, Obi is uh, six six, y'all. Yep, yep. But all the girl, all, all the girls are like, you don't say <laughs> <laughs> six six, but uh, not athletic, fat, and uh, just looking down right now, you know. Yeah, right, man. You still look good. Don't even fret. Oh, here we go, hyping me up. I love it, David. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we're a, a body positivity podcast, dude. You just, <laughs> this is, there's just more to love now. Yep, exactly, exactly, dude. Um, how's the weekend? How, how how was everything? Yeah, man, it was cool. Uh, we went to the Atlanta United game. Um, you know, not the result we wanted, but uh, still had fun tailgating uh, with uh, 67,000 people in attendance. Um, but I will say, man, and I don't know if it's for the same with you over there in uh, Bakersfield, California, but here in Atlanta, Georgia, dude, it was super hot. I mean, humid, hot, Um I mean, I, I think this, it's been the hottest day so far for us. So tailgating was a, it was still fun, but it was a bit rough. I'm sure, dude, uh, by the time you got into them, you probably had, were todo rosado, huh, from walking around <laughs> all sweaty. Um, for our English speakers, like a rash in between the legs, the, the chub rub, right? Chub rub. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And the funny thing is, because you know, the Atlanta United States, and they have the uh, retractable roof. Um, so I'm like, for the love of God, please do not retract that thing. Keep it closed. I want the AC because, you know, it, it, for for you know, I, I mean, they put that in there for a reason. So I feel like sometimes they're like, oh, it's good weather. Let's open it up. But like, no, you got to keep it when the heat is that hot. Like it just kind of like filters in there. So I'm like, no. And thankfully they had it closed. So it was it was nice to have um, AC. And uh, shout out to my uh, cousin Abby because. Uh, she couldn't go to the game, so she gave me and uh, my fiance their tickets, and we were right there next to the supporter section uh, in the good seats, uh, right there. Yeah, David. Uh, David it, always buys the nosebleeds way at the top, so uh, good job, Abby. Yeah, I was like uh, Tom Segura, where as soon as I got those tickets, I was like, man, look at these peasants sitting up there in their <laughs> nosebleed seats. They looked at David, and they're like, you're here, but we know. We <laughs> yeah exactly dude and no uh, yeah after the game I, I i you know i met up with the rest of my family and i was like how did you peasants enjoy the game from way up there <laughs> <laughs> did you guys even know who scored or oh wait yeah. Yeah, united doesn't score oh, oh. okay okay hey, hey you can't even stock junk this weekend <laughs> i know this week. we'll stay quiet but dude hey you're already leading into it let's get into the mls recap It's time for MLS Roundup. Yeah, David, so go into it. Elaborate on the Atlanta United on the field. Oh, man. Well, first of all, you know, obviously we, we fired a coach. Um, this is uh, Heinz, this is our, our second game without him. And, and in, all, in all honesty, everybody will say, like, we've been playing better. We've been more attack-minded than under Heinz. So in the last two games, we've had um, – uh, 30 shots, um, but no goals. So the thing is, 
we're getting opportunities. We're actually, and it's not like half chances. We're actually getting good opportunities. We just haven't been able to finish. So I mean, it sucks because we were controlling the game against Columbus. Uh, several chances to, to go up early in the game. Uh, there's like some crazy stat where like if Atlanta United doesn't score in the first half, there's like a huge chance of us losing the game or at least not winning. But when we do score first, there's almost like a you know a 90% chance we're going to win the game or something like that. So it's very important for us to score early. Um, and then you know just uh, you know one set piece and Columbus goes up. Uh, one to nil in the 60th minute, and we're just chasing the game from there. Still had a lot of opportunities and get, came really close. But again, um, I think uh, everybody knows that Joseph Martinez uh, is the only one that can score. So they they start to 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 mark uh, you know mark him a, a lot more closely, um, and just every some if somebody else has to just step up and take that pressure off of Joseph. Um, yeah, I mean, still, wasn't uh, wasn't it kind of the same thing under Heinze though? They create, yeah, but no one will score. Except that, the, the, you know, the people will say the chances we created, for one, we've had more chances and better chances. Under hindsight, it was like they weren't like clear-cut chances. It was like we would get, you know, shots, you know, uh, in or around the goal. But it wasn't one where you would be like, all right, that should have been a goal. Or at this game, like you could have said, like, it could have been 2 or 3-0 at, at some point if somebody would have just, you know, finished it. Um, so they were good quality chances. So not exactly the same. I think Heinze was a little bit more, um, yeah, attack, but also be a little bit reserved at times. Right now, it just seems like it's more like just, you know, attack. And, you know, if, if, if they go on a count and we get beat, oh, well, it is what it is. So, you know, not saying that's the best strategy. And I think once we do get our uh, real coach, that'll be a little bit some more structure. Um, um, and that goes into my next thing where Atlanta United has officially um, – put in an offer for Tiago Almada from uh, um, Argentina. So he's actually playing with Barco in the Olympics right now. So he's an attacking midfield. Um, and I honestly don't know how we're able to aff- afford him with the MLS uh, rules. Same way you guys did it the first year, breaking rules, dude. Probably had like nah, 70 dude, P's on the team. That's that's Miami, bro. Yeah, there's the uh, same guy you guys hired. Yeah, but we didn't do anything wrong, dude. <laughs> But yeah, because they haven't investigated yet. <laughs> they better not. <laughs> no, but because uh, uh, he was uh, valued, and even uh, 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 Mar- Marseille was looking at him, he was valued at like twenty million. So I'm not sure how that's gonna work. Whether there's because he's 20 years old, so I, I know there's like a young DP rule in MLS. Not exactly sure how it works, or you know, I don't know if there's you know maybe there's some rumors or something going on where you know Barco might be out the door because right now we have Joseph Martinez. Uh, Ezekiel Barco and Marcelino Moreno, and then you're going to add uh, Almada. So, um, you know, I don't know how that, that all is going to play out. Yeah, they probably will sign them under the 20, under 22 initiative, which is basically as long as they're under 22, you're allowed to pay them DP rules. Um, <clears throat> so essentially it's just like two or three more. I think it's three uh, more added slots for the DP rule. <clears throat> mm. Like Galaxy did it with the renewal uh, of Arajo. Um, they used the under 22 dp rule or initiative or whatever they call it so yeah essentially it's the same thing as a dp but they have to be under the age of 22 Mm. these weird mls rules huh yep 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 um that's what is kind of interesting if they if they do uh if they're able to sign them but let's see um atlanta united definitely hasn't gone away from just finding south americans yeah i mean that still seems to be the mo it'll be interesting to see what we do with the coach 
I know the transfer window is closing soon. I don't know if that has anything to do with coaches. Uh, but, you know, based on what Darren Eels and uh, Carlos Bocanegra said, is they wanted to sign a coach uh, soon. And it'd be interesting to see if they go with, like, you know, another Argentine coach or if they want to go with the, you know, established MLS, uh, you know, veteran that knows knows the league well. Because um, I think that might help us in, in, in where we're at now. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of on that note, um, it's kind of funny. Rumors have it that Atlanta United and I forgot the other team that doesn't have um, a head coach. According to The Athletic, they reached out to Colorado. Colorado Rapids head coach Robin Fraser, who joined the team from TFC midway through 2019. Um, And that has sparked Colorado Rapids to begin a contract uh, extension negotiation with their head coach, Robin Fraser. Um, So it's kind of funny that you're not valued until somebody else wants you, (laughs) pretty (laughs) much. Uh, And so now they're in the middle of contract negotiation. So it's interesting. Maybe they don't come to an agreement, and maybe he does go to one of the other MLS teams. But they're currently sitting fourth in the West, which is obviously, you know, Colorado doesn't break open the checkbook very often, and they haven't. So it's uh, interesting to see them get them, um, you know, in a good position so far. So so that's how it works, dude. That's how it's with you and girls, dude. Hey, you want what you can't have, right? <laughs> That's why I exactly. need to just wear the fake uh, wedding ring so that way I could just uh, find a girlfriend, dude. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's try it. Hey, that's that's the plot of the Adam Sandler movie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, dude. Um, I forgot the name of that movie, but it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mijo, uh, you know, Atlanta United lost 1-0, and I, I take it uh, LA Galaxy lost at a, about the same scoreline. <laughs> Woo! Uh, not much to talk about this week. Um, we actually had a bye week, dude. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, LA Galaxy fell 4 nothing to FC Dallas. <laughs> yes, FC Dallas, dude. Um, same FC Dallas we beat and dominated last, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? Because, you know, they've been playing all these midweek games. So it's been five games in like two and a half weeks or three-week stretch. Um, we lost 4 nothing. Same thing. You know, Chicharito has been missing since the 4th of July. He's been injured. We're missing a lot of our players due to the Gold Cup. Um, It's been the same scenario. We dominate for the first 25, 30 minutes. And then after that, like, it's four or five clear chances that we should score. We don't have a true striker up top, so everybody misses. And then it comes back and bites us in the butt. Happened versus SKC. Happened versus FC Dallas. um, And I believe, I forgot the other team we played that happened the same exact way. Um... So, Ricardo Pepe turned it around, scored a hat trick. Um, defensive woes for LA Galaxy. There's some things that they do that I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't think Derek Williams is good enough to um, to be in the back line. I, I don't think he should be starting. Hopefully, when our center back comes back, Sega Kulabali, hopefully uh, we, we, we kind of get back on the right track. But here's the thing, right? And should Galaxy be LA, uh, uh, FC Dallas? For sure. But... Dude, we are missing Jonathan Dos Santos, Efrain Alvarez, uh, Chicharito, who's injured, Sebastian Ajet. We're missing all these key players. You get me? So it's 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 not like we're out there losing with all of our starters right now. So you're saying that we can use the same excuse then too, right? No, Joseph Martinez is back already. Oh, bro, we're missing George Bello, Miles Robinson, and uh, and Brad Guzan. Yeah, but now, you guys were Brad losing Guzan. before that too. So and, yeah, yeah, and Bad- yeah. and Ezekiel. Bad- exactly, cool. but Galaxy were doing well until all these guys left. Atlanta United yeah, hadn't yeah. been doing well. 
all right. <laughs> you guys all haven't right, won a home. game in like three months. I know. Tell me about it. Um, but it, so I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, don't hit the panic button for Galaxy fans. Well, yeah, you guys are in a playoff spot. <laughs> exactly, bro. But people are already like panicking, dude. Galaxy fans are weird, bro. They're like. Oh my gosh, Greg Vanny's the best coach ever. And then we start losing a couple games. Oh my gosh, Greg Vanny out. <laughs> so what happens yeah, when you, you when you work uh support a big club, you know? Uh yeah. Hey, when is it when is that Chicharron supposed to be back anyways? <laughs> Dude, I've heard he might be able to be back by this Friday for um our game. Um, but I don't know. They've kind of said, Oh, he might be back this week. He might be back this game. It's it's just hit and miss. I mean Really, in reality, they took him out of that because uh, he got injured in warm-ups on the 4th of July. And they said it's uh, not really injury, but he felt a little bit tight. So it's injury prevention. And the next thing you know, he's missed five games. Damn. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. And that being said, we're actually supposedly rumors are flying that we've made contact and we're interested in a striker, Dejan jo- Jovalic. Um, he was on loan in the Austrian League with Wolfsburg, I think, Um Scored 17 goals, three assists. Same thing. They're going to try to sign him on the under-22 initiative deal. So it would be interesting to see when, if he if we do sign him. I think he's signing, obviously, as a backup to Chicharito. But it's interesting to see the contract negotiations, right? Are they telling him, hey, when Chicharito's healthy, you're going to be coming off the bench? Or are they telling him, hey, we might switch to a two-striker formation? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But even if we go with two strikers on the field, same thing happens. Once we need a boost off the bench, we're not going to have anything. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. interesting if we're able to sign them. Um, but, yeah, David, let us know about what happened with Orlando City, your rivals. Yeah, you know, it's funny because Orlando's actually been doing uh, pretty good this year. So it was kind of nice to see uh, a blowout by New York City FC. 5-0, dude. How does that even happen? With uh, uh and and Orlando's in third right now. New York City's sitting in sixth place. So it's what we always talk about that um you know you come into a game and the, the team might be the city at the top or city at the bottom and a bottom of the table and you know you just can never tell what happens and sure enough Orlando gets blown out. It's and, kinda, uh, they, they get blown out after being officially purchased by another uh, Wolf family. I think they own um. Oh, they're part of the Minnesota Vikings ownership group. Um, so they officially transitioned it. Um, so it's both Orlando Pride and Orlando City under new ownership. And their first game, boom, they lost. <laughs> yeah. What does that say about the ownership, huh? Just Imagine. Well, that's what they say about coaches, right? When a coach gets fired, they win the next game. And everyone's <laughs> like, you see, it was the coach. You're like, dude, relax. They had like two days to prepare the team. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, any other any other big results that stood out to you over the weekend? Uh, results wise, uh, maybe just the Inter Miami one. Not, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big result, but obviously they haven't been doing well at all. And so you know they did the whole coaching change in the off season. I don't think I think they did their old coach dirty. He shouldn't have been fired, um, but they did fire him. And now Phil Neville. I believe should be in the hot seat, right? He, they're not winning too many games. They're sitting in 14th place, which is last place. Um, do you think Phil Neville should be in the hot seat? Yeah, I mean they they have nine points. Um, they 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 have 13 games, so they still have uh, two games at hand for most team, and you know three games if you count um, two two teams in the, in the East. So you know they could turn it around. 
you know, quickly. I'm not sure if uh, the curse, our curse will work for them. Um, it's not a curse. It's a blessing. Uh, yeah, our blessing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I just don't see it. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, you know, if they actually fire him or if David Beckham, you know, is able it's his to buddy, pull buddy, his buddy, Yeah, it's his buddy. So he might. I don't know if he can actually like stop him from getting fired, but I mean, that's that's a tough situation to be in because I'm sure the club is gonna get, uh, you know, the fans are gonna get pretty frustrated. Yeah, definitely, and it's kind of interesting, right? Because Inter Miami, this team that is always linked to all the biggest names, kind of went that route, right? They signed Matuidi, they find uh, Federico Iguain, um, his brother Gonzalo, and they kind of forgot to balance out the rest of the roster. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of the old, uh, you know, the old way MLS used to do things, you know, and, and not not to throw Galaxy under the bus, but those years where they were pretty bad was because they had, you know, obviously they had David Beckham, but they signed some of these big, big names um, that didn't really pan out. Um, and yeah, it looks like Miami is, is having to learn that lesson the hard way. Because David Beckham was like, they did it with me, we can do it with any Miami. Um, it was fu- it was funny when Beckham was playing. He'd like I think I remember that I was just saying like, yeah, David Beckham. Uh, you know this two hundred million dollar whatever his salary was when you added everything and he's passing to a ball to somebody that's making like thirty five thousand dollars or something. Probably even less, dude, at the time. Because yeah, up until I think like maybe six years ago, they raised the MLS minimum to like seventy five thousand. That's like if you're on a rookie deal. Um, but mm-hmm. before it used to be like thirty three thousand, dude. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and here's a good news, I guess, for Guatemalan fans out there. Is there's a rumor that Guatemalan international Oscar Santis is has a trial with the club Inter Miami. Um, not sure if it's officially going to take place. Inter Miami wants to bring him on trial, but because he's under contract with Comunicaciones in Guatemala, um, Comunicaciones told him we're not going to let release him for a trial. You either give us a transfer fee and take him. Or we're not going to release him. But then I heard another headline saying he will go through with the trial. So, um, But if he goes through with the trial, then they have to guarantee communication is a certain amount if they take him. So um, it's going to be interesting if he does have that. He's also rooming to a Mexican club. Um, so Guatemalan, maybe we have a good international coming up. How weird is it that they don't want him to get a trial first? Well, because, well, I mean, think about it. In professional club, you're not going to give out a trial to somebody if he's under contract with you. Mm. I mean, think about, like, you're you're about to sign, I don't know, a big international Mbappe, and you're like, oh, dude, we want you to come on trial first. The, yeah, his current club true. won't let it go. We see it as a little bit different because Comunicaciones is a smaller club in, a, uh, in Guatemala, let's face it. But, I mean, I, re- I understand why they're like, why are we going to give him on trial waste our preseason and if you guys don't sign him now he was gone for however long he's gone for right right yeah, yeah I, I guess that makes more sense yeah thanks for explaining it to me thanks for mansplaining it to me <laughs> as speaking of another watermelon or potential future watermelon international 17 year old makes his uh fc cincinnati debut um his dad is from watermelon so all the Guatemalan reports were on it and trying to say, you know, potentially could be an international. And speaking on another youngster, 15-year-old Ober uh, Vargas makes his uh, debut for Seattle Sounders. It's crazy. 15 years old, but he's about to turn 16 in like, I don't know, a month or something like that. Were they... Uh, are, are, it- are they all born, well, except for the first person you mentioned, are they all American, born in America? 
Uh, Oscar Santos, no, but um, Obed Vargas, yeah. He's, uh, he was born here, but the, I mean, sorry, Obed Vargas for Seattle Sounders is in Guatemalan. Um, the one for NC Cincinnati was born here. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So I guess let me, let me ask you, because, you know, it's like, uh, if do you want them to be good enough where they want to play for the national team or not that good, but good enough to play for Guatemala? Yeah, well, you know, the American <laughs> in me obviously wants them to be able to surpass, you know, the Christian politics and take it over, right? And be one of the best where they can make an impact on the U.S. national team. But then as a Guatemalan, you're like, hey, be good, but just not good enough. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, we've seen, we've seen it happen with... Um, uh, Alex Roldan and Christian Roldan where, you know, obviously Christian Roldan is playing with the national team and Alex Roldan is playing for El Salvador and they all could have chose U.S., Guatemala or El Salvador. So Guatemala is the one that got left out on that one. Um, Dude, they but, did us dirty. But, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they made the right choices. Uh, uh, you know, Christian is getting playing time. Uh, Roldan is one of the key players for El Salvador and, you know, obviously... El Salvador still has a chance to go to the World Cup, even though they got eliminated in the Gold Cup, which I think they should have probably went a little further. Um, so, you know, it, it sucks because I think, uh, you know, Guatemala, we we need some players to come up because right now we just, you know, you know, I think this is one of the weakest Guatemalan teams we've had in a while. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where our best bet is having these American-born players with Guatemalan lineage. But then again, you know, they get too good and they can actually play for uh, the national, the U.S. national team. Yeah, definitely. That's probably our best bet. Um, we should still be calling uh, uh, Pescadito Ruiz up. Um, <laughs> in all reality, he probably will still do good, but it is what it is, dude. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is, man. Um, but that's all for the MLS. Let's go over to the counterparts, the NWSL. David, let everybody know how our team did. We won. We won. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to Gotham FC. They won 2-2-1 over Chicago Red Stars. Yeah, there we go. Let's do it. Um, and any other results in the NWSL that stood out to you? Uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, the, the team we keep following is Kansas City just because they haven't been able to win. Uh, and they continue because they tied 0-0 against the North Carolina Courage. So, uh, they're still uh, winless, um, and I mean, <laughs> at this point, it's becoming kind of funny, and I want to see how long they can keep it going. <laughs> oh, all season long, all season long. <laughs> yeah, so they're sitting on, uh, you know, if we're not for not winning, like they still, like they're on four points in last place, um, and then you got the next team, uh, uh, Racing Lulu, with eleven points. So it's not like a huge. Yeah, but you know, we talked about it and joked that imagine if they all of a sudden just made a run and ended up getting the playoffs and winning the whole damn thing. I know. Well, the top four slots right now is Portland Thorns in first place, our beloved Gotham FC in second place, Washington Spirit in third, and Chicago Red Stars in fourth. Tight gap up there on the margins 17, 18, 19, and 22 points. Yeah, I know we went over this, but isn't like the only the first team gets a, a bye to the to the next round or something? I believe so. It's only a ten team league. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be growing soon. Um, with the additions of San Diego and what was the other team? Well, Sacramento was supposed to join, but I don't know if that's what, that one's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
So slow and steady growth um, over it. You know, we got to understand it kind of, I guess, modeling in a sense of what the MLS did, right? Um, slow and steady growth. We were at eight, I mean, nine teams or 10 teams. I think when Beckham came over, we we're only at like 10 teams. Um, so it's definitely, you know, the NWSL is a new league uh, or new wish still. And obviously they're going to come up. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, though, when the USLW League happens. If it they work hand in hand or if, you know, USL gets more of the expansion. I don't know. It's going to be definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Mijo. Um, But speaking on, you know, we always go NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, USA in the Olympics, dude. Wasn't a pretty start, was it? No, uh, they lose 3 0 to uh, Sweden. Um, so, obviously, not the way you want to start the tournament. And, and, and now we've had, a, you know, the, the games come fast and hard, no pun intended. Um, so, they uh, they win 6 1 against New Zealand. So, they kind of redeem themselves, but it's also New Zealand. And they draw 0 0 with Australia. So, it's enough to get them through to the next round. But, um, I mean, not impressed at all and it doesn't seem like this is a team that can win the gold medal you ready for my rant yeah hey but really quick dude we forgot angel city fc is the expansion team oh <laughs> yeah well it's because dude they're lafc so i don't really pay attention to them. oh all um, right let's let's do it Let rant time you. all right you know what really grinds obi's gears go i'll, I'll go taylor twelman style <laughs> no, um, but no, in reality, I've been called a hater for the last seven, eight years. I love the women's national team. I hope they win everything or continue to win everything. But I've said it, we're falling behind in a style of play. Our women individually are some of the best players in the world. But when you look at our national team as a collective, they don't play as a team. There's no team tactics. There's no team principles. We just go forward. We literally kick the ball to a winger or forward and go at them. It's 1v3. And in the past, we've been good enough to get by the players and score a goal. Now these teams like Sweden, Spain, France, England, they've caught up on the level. You know, their players are maybe not as good, but they're enough. And now you add the team tactical principles and they're able to beat us. When they played Sweden, it was Sweden throughout the whole game. It wasn't like, oh, they got, you know, Sweden broke and got three lucky goals. Mm -hmm. No, Sweden absolutely dominated. USA could not figure it out. Just got the ball, booted it forward. Um, everyone's a big fan of her, but Crystal Dunn, the left back, I think she's awful. I don't think she's a good defender. I don't think she makes good choices going forward. Um, I think in this whole nation, there's got to be a better left back. Ooh, I can feel the heat. I can calling, feel the heat. Calling them out, the mic, dude. Calling them out. And also, we have all these older players representing our our front three. They're not the same pace anymore. So that old tactic of playing our midfield and then dishing it out wide and letting uh, Kristen Press, you know, Rapino, um, Tobin Heath get by these players, they don't have the same pace. Ooh, you're ragging on your baby girl, Tobin Heath? <laughs> Kristen Press, dude. Uh, but I just... I think we need to actually sit there and develop a little bit more as a team. Um, like you said, what we've seen so far, we hope we're wrong. We're rooting for them. We team USA all the way. But I don't think we're going to take the gold home. Let me, let me ask you something, too. Yes, I mean, I agree with everything you said. But do you also think that part of it might be that there was so much off-the-field attention that may have played a factor in this? Yeah, that definitely played a factor. Um, obviously they've been battling a lot of things off the field, maybe t taking their focus away, but 
at the end of the day, we always say, right, they're professionals. It's like the MLS, right? We always, or the NWSL for that matter, we always forget how big this nation is and how much they have to travel, right? They're flying across a nation to play a game in New York from L.A. or they're playing, you know, all over the place. They're tired. They're exhausted. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they're pros and they have to get by it, you know? I know they have uh, lives off the field, but just like us, when we have, you know, our lives and then we go into work, we have to be able to put it aside and keep working, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, the crazy thing is, uh, and I don't know if the, this kind of goes for the Olympics in general, but, you know, and I think under normal circumstances, we would have been, like, really beat down that the U.S. women lost or haven't been performing well. But I don't know if it's the same with you, but you, I'm kind of, uh, you know, indifferent. Why, why do you think that? I kind of like what I mentioned. I think a lot of off the field stuff has just, it's, it's pulled a lot of attention away from just representing the U.S. and, you know, being proud that, you know, we're Americans and we're going to take on the world. It doesn't really seem like that anymore. Like, it's us against everybody else you know it seems more like it's individuals there and they're just professionals trying to you know just do their best i guess gotcha yeah i mean you're right in the olympics we i mean i've been watching the olympics you support sports that you've never even seen before i was watching fencing the other day i was like come on dude you know i was watching sailing so i get you yeah definitely you know it's always you know usa no matter what um, and yeah, with all the off field stuff, it definitely feels a little bit different. Like, I guess kind of even the same with the men, right? That we've argued for a while that, um, even though we had a lot of talent, it doesn't feel like they're, they're the same fighting American spirit that we always have, you know, that, you know, fighting for the crash, fighting for the Jersey that, um, no matter what, you're never going to quit. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and, and the best thing about the Olympics, first of all, has been table tennis so far. So uh, you got to take that out if you have it. Dude, it's freaking- nah, my favorite sport is always swimming, dude. Uh, swimming, dude? And you know what sucks is that, <laughs> and this is just going off on a tangent, but, like, you know, we what we talk about the U.S. women's, the, the Olympic, right? You have all these teams, and you eliminate each other. You go through this whole process. At the end of the day, everybody wins one gold medal. We're like, one swimmer can, like, can can like participate in like eight to ten different events and come away with like six gold medals. Uh, Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's it's kind of like okay, we're gonna have a soccer tournament where all right, you can only use your left foot. Now you can only use your right foot. Okay, we're only gonna do twenty minutes. Okay, this one's gonna be forty minutes. That's literally what swimming is. It's like the breaststroke, the backstroke, the two hundred meter, the four hundred meter. Uh, it's so just you like, want it, like you want them to change variation. it into the um, MLS All Star Skill Challenge. Is that what you want at the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, let's do that, dude. <laughs> hey, and they that already did it basketball. They cool. have the, yeah, they have the three v three tournament in basketball. And, so street and hell, soccer. They have yeah, street soccer. Let's so do it. let me ask you: Should futsal be an Olympic sport? I mean, shoot, skateboarding is, and I'm not sure, you know, what the criteria is for the Olympics. I don't know if it's popularity or skill level or what. Because I ha- remember they say it has to be, it has to have a world appeal. That's why for the first time, um, not first time, but first time in a long time, baseball and softball have been added back in because they said it didn't have that appeal from the world. But the host nation can request a sport and they requested that baseball and softball be added back in because it's a big sport in Japan. Yeah, I mean, it it is kind of weird because it's like it's popularity versus 
what actually is like an Olympic sport because I, I think I, I don't know if it's in this one, but remember they took wrestling away, which wrestling you know is like in if you go back all the way to the first Olympics in Athens, Greece, that was a big thing was wrestling, and wrestling's really hard and tough. Uh, but because it's not as popular, you know, you have something like where wrestling's at the Olympics, but then you have curling, where it looks like, you know, three dads on uh, just took a weekend and decided to win gold at the Olympics. Will we see cornhole in the Olympics? <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of the possibility. And, and I get it because it's fun to watch, but uh, come on, bro. These are not, they're not Olympic athletes, you know? Yeah, well... I get you, because, Bean, you could be there, right? And we definitely don't look like Olympic athletes. Yeah, yeah. Freaking with, with uh, dad bods in the Olympics. Although, you know, a lot of a, a lot of the best quarterbacks in the NFL have dad bods. <laughs> oh, so you're saying we chose the wrong sport. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyways, just to get back on, on topic. So the U.S. women get through to the knockout rounds. They will play the Netherlands. Um On July 30th, with the, the Netherlands have been um, steamrolling. They've been just... I mean, they played China and Zambia, so you got to take that into uh, uh, consideration. And they tied Brazil. Uh, dude, they've scored 21 goals in the first <laughs> three group stage matches. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, but it, again, Zambia and China, not the best competition. Um, and then just to round out the rest of the teams that are making it through is uh, Great Britain versus Australia. Um, I don't know why in, in the Olympics it's Great Britain and everywhere else in soccer it's England. Um, well, because they, uh, they they have multiple nations under it, not just yeah, India. I know. Why can't they compete separately in the Olympics? I know, I know, dude. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the logic is, but Sweden versus Japan and Canada versus Brazil. So I believe the U.S. wins. They would play uh, the winner of either of, of Canada and Brazil. So either way, um, if they make it through the Netherlands, it's going to be a t- tough matchup. But I mean, if they beat the Netherlands, you would think that. Um, you know, they could still make it all the way to the final. Um, uh, Canada and Brazil are going to be, yeah, definitely a tough matchup. Um, could, we could see a USA-Sweden final, huh? Yeah, if they're able to pull it together. But, yeah, I think, like you mentioned, they got to they gotta make some, some tweaks. And, dude, can you believe Marta is still out there slinging it for Brazil? <laughs> dude, how old is she now? Like 41, 42? She's 35, actually. Oh, but damn. I feel like she's... <laughs> I have, damn, dude, you're a jerk. But it feels like she's been there since, like, the Mia Ham days. <laughs> dude, I, I remember watching her when I was born. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, for real, though, she's been there a while. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, she's, she still scored a goal. So um, um, I, I remember Pele had some great things to say about her, saying that she's more than a footballer. She's doing a lot of things for women's soccer. So that's really cool. Hats off to Marta. But if we have to face you, you know, I hope you uh, lose. I'm not yeah. going to wish injuries. I just hope you lose. Yeah. Uh, well, shifting over to the men's side of the Olympics, um, obviously, it's a little bit different because the women's play with their full national team and the men's play with the under-23 national team with three veterans over the age if they want. Um, Mexico, obviously, rooting for them. Came out firing, beat France 4-1. to one, Looked good, dominated, played very, very fast. And then they came out and they lost versus Japan. Hats off to Japan. They... I mean, maybe just the host nation, they, they played with a little bit more spirit, but they high-pressed the entire game. Mexico wasn't able to figure it out. Um, again, it's probably the same thing, you know, afraid to go over the top, but they couldn't figure it out. Um, I think Japan was gifted a PK in the second goal. I don't think it was a PK, um, but it is what it is. 2-0, uh, Mexico got a red card as well, 2-1. to one. 
and uh, that's the unfortunate thing. But they play early tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. So we'll see if they're able to get back on track and uh, move on to the next round. Are you going to get up for it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it is pretty crazy because, yeah, they beat, four, they beat France 4-1, and then Japan barely beat South Africa 1-0. France beat South Africa 4-3, and Japan beats you guys 2-1. So South Africa has lost to everybody, um, but slightly. So, you know, you guys play South Africa, and if you win, you go through. So you would think Mexico should be able to win that game. But um, I think anything less than – well, yeah, I guess you guys might could still go through on a draw if, if Japan beats France. Uh, it could be because France isn't – obviously at the U23 level, they're not amazing. Um, so it could be Japan might be able to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I, it just doesn't seem like France is that that good of a team, and not just because. I mean, it, you guys beat them 4-1, so I don't. It, it's under 23. It's really hard to to make out because um, I mean, shoot, you know, Honduras is still ha- they still have a chance to to go through too. Their group, everybody's tied on three points, so it's it's anybody's uh, anybody's game at this point. Um, so I think it's whoever whoever wins the last final games are the ones that are going to go through. Now, if everybody ties, it's, it's going to be funny because it's going to go to like probably like maybe secondary tiebreaker because there's uh, South Korea's up top with three points, like I mentioned, but they have a plus three goal differential. And Honduras is in second with a zero goal differential, but New Zealand is New Zealand is under them with a zero goal differential as well. Yeah, it's definitely a – it's called coming down to the last few – well, the last game and then – all the results and everything is definitely a tight, tight tournament. Yeah, and just to round out the uh, Group C, uh, you got uh, Spain in the top spot with four points, Australia with three points, and then you have Argentina on three points as well. The only difference between them and Australia is a goal differential. They're negative one. Um, and then you got Egypt in last place with one point, um, and Argentina have to face Spain. So there's a good chance that um, you know Argentina could get eliminated from the group stage. Um, which wouldn't be the worst thing because, uh, you know, we would get Barco and our new player, uh, Almada, um, uh, back early. So uh, not that I'm rooting for them to get eliminated. <laughs> oh, and then I was, Group D, uh, Brazil on four points, Ivory Coast on four points, Germany on three points, uh, Saudi Arabia with zero already eliminated. Um, and Brazil's got to play Saudi Arabia. Germany's got to play the Ivory Coast. So... You know, Germany has a chance to get eliminated too, so it's kind of crazy that the Ivory Coast is there. But uh, again, these under 23s are, are usually pretty unpredictable. Germany's not doing well with their main national team and not doing well with the U23s. What's that say about German football? Mm-hmm. It might be uh, they might need another DOS reboot. Oh, yeah, DOS reboot. Um, I, I feel like when you say that, there's like this techno music that comes out of the doom, background. Doom, 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 also referred to as the best tournament in the world. Um, <laughs> why you better than the World Cup? No, the CONCACAF Gold Cup is better than the World Cup, dude. Where else oh, can yeah. you see Guadalupe, Haiti, <laughs> Guatemala, 
all these teams, dude. Big nations, big nations. I know. Tell me about it. Uh, but it is, it is our tournament, our Copa. Um, so, uh, man, it's getting to the thick of it, man. This is the this is the best part of the tournament. Oh God, dude! I hear that. <laughs> I hear that in my nightmares, bro. Uh, oh, I hate that damn. Song. Oh, but anyways, uh, yeah, Mexico cruise past when we're three like to zero. Mexico, the Mexico way. Mexico. Mexico, I know I said I said Mexico and Honduras. I said Honduras properly. <laughs> Such a hater, can't even say Mexico. <laughs> uh. Mexico, ya acabó. Uh, <laughs> so they went against Honduras three uh, zero, fairly easily. I mean, it honestly, could have been more. I think they just decided to take the foot off the pedal and just cruise to that victory. Um, so they will face Canada next um, uh, Thursday, July 29th, which is the same uh, time the U.S. plays. So you got the double header. Thursday is going to be a fun, fun, fun day. Um, Funes uh, Mori for they Mexico. Play, they play on the same day, not the same time. I know what I just what I say. Oh, you said same time. Just correct okay, me. Well, I mean like same time as in like at the same time period, not like uh, whatever. <laughs> there we go. Not the. But anyways, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, if, the, if Mexico... only the U.S. If only the U.S. can uh, pull some. Uh, Argentinians and Brazilians that have them be our forwards. Uh, they did it with one guy. We basically do, dude. One we guy. have. I mean, let's be honest. We pulled a Dutch guy, Sergio Dest. He's not an American product, really. I know. I'm just messing. Um, Everybody does it. Uh, well, Mexico does it often, but Mexico. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they looked very good versus Honduras. Like the whole tournament, they've been okay, and they turned it on versus Honduras. Um, like you said, it could have been a lot more. They had a couple goals taken away for offside, which I believe they were. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos comes up with a golazo, dude, from outside the 18. Um, dude, they looked very, very good. Uh, still some vulnerable moments. Honduras uh, had chances, uh, one or two, I think. Um, but if Mexico plays like that the rest of the tournament and the way the U.S. has been playing, dude, I'm scared. It's kind of yeah, it's, it's funny, I, I- though, because... As a Mexican-American, obviously, I go for USA uh, when they play anybody, but then I go for Mexico when they're not playing USA or Guatemala. And it's like, I'm rooting for Mexico. I was rooting for them versus Honduras. I was celebrating. I was happy. It's funny because I root for them all the way until they get to the final, and then I'm like, <laughs> screw Mexico. Let's go USA. Yeah, you know, it is funny because I did not see that happening because, like you mentioned, uh, Mexico hasn't looked good. The U.S. hasn't looked good. And they turn it up against Honduras and uh, you know, I don't know if that's just Mexico playing better or Honduras just not that good of a team or maybe a little bit of both. Um, but either way, I think they're, it's still going to be a tough game against Canada because, you know, Canada, except for that goal that you, the U.S. got, I mean, the Canada dominated the U.S. So I think that one's going to be more of a challenge for Mexico. Um, I, but I still see them going through maybe maybe 1-0, maybe any 2-0 when Canada tries to get that late late goal and Mexico is able to counter. Um, so that'll, that'll be a good matchup. Yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, look, Canada, uh, Jamaica, Honduras, El Salvador, all these teams, dude. There's no doubt about it that the MLS has been helping these smaller countries. You oh, know? for sure. Um, I mean, and it, it's just a good thing because it's, it makes our Americans have to be that much better. It produces a better league for us. It produces a better overall CONCACAF Gold Cup tournament, right? Um, because like you said, usually USA and Mexico are dominating through the Gold Cup. And I think this is the first Gold Cup that they've kind of struggled. Um, you know, yeah, but tr- I mean, we we've seen it in the, we've seen it in recent tournaments. Remember? Yeah, but uh, it would be Jamaica, like a, it would Jamaica be like a game. Okay, but in knockouts, not in group stages. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, and yeah, I mean, obviously, 
you know, it, it makes it better too because if the teams make it through to the World Cup qualifying when they represent Concacaf at the World Cup, you know, they'll they'll put on better performances. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely good. Um, we'll see exactly how that goes. USA barely scraped by Jamaica one nil. Um, I don't think we look good in that game either. Um, our defensive shape still. I'm sorry, Miles Robinson still is not good enough. Um, should have been really? Zimmerman. I'm I'm a big fan of Sands, um, but should have been Zimmerman. I don't think Shaq Moore is there either, in my opinion, offensively or defensively. But Matt Turner, huh? Turning it on, showing why Guzan's on the bench. Yeah, he had a good save, and I don't really think that's why Guzan's on the bench. I think they're just trying to shape the uh, the young keepers and giving them more experience. Um, yeah, the U.S. Uh, you know, scrapes by one nil against Jamaica. Sometimes in these knockout rounds, you know, it doesn't always look pretty. Uh, I think that the possession was heavily skewed in the U.S.'s favor. Um, so you know, that one goal was gonna do it. Um, hats off to Jamaica though; they always put a, a, a competitive squad. Um, but now we face Qatar, who's honestly been, has been a, a pretty big surprise in this tournament. How, how, how do you feel about? Our matchup against Qatar. I'll be honest. I haven't watched their games. I've just seen how many goals they've been scoring. Um, it's going to be interesting because a lot of the Qatar players are like Brazilian um, that they've, you know, played over mm. there for a while. So they've just, what is it, naturalized them? Or how, what's the term? Yeah, naturalized. Naturalized. Why did, oh, it's because I was trying to go in Spanish. Naturalized them. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think... It's up to the U.S. to end the Asian run. Um, they are from the Asian continent, right? Yeah, yeah. they're the Asian champs. So it's uh, up to the U.S. to end the Asian run. And uh, we didn't want them to have a good run like that because, you know, we wanted to say the CONCACAF was better than the Asian, um, you know, region. But it is what it is. Qatar showing why they're there. They are, Yeah, and they are the champs. So it's not just like a random team from Asia. Um and, you know, to be honest, it's going to be hard. To, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a game like Jamaica. Um, Qatar has shown that they are very dangerous off the counter. Because um, against the game against El Salvador, uh, where they were up 3-0 early and uh, El Salvador almost came back, I think really um, El Salvador just, just had a really bad start. Because, I mean, if you look at the stats, the possession, and a lot of the opportunity, they had a lot of opportunities. And even against uh, when they played against Honduras, uh, in the game before that, Honduras had more of the possession. So I think Qatar just looks for that counter, and they're just better at finishing. Um, so you know the U.S. is going to have to look out for that. Um, but again, if they can if they can pin them back and not give those those opportunities, um, you know I think the U.S. can can win it. But again, you know our our, our back line has been pretty shaky at times. Um, but yeah, I, I see the U.S. going through too um, to give us that grand final of Mexico versus Los Estados Unidos. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think any of these players would be called up in the future? You know, I I don't. You know, maybe this might be the the, the fanboy me, but I I don't think I, I know Miles has had a, a few bad giveaways. Um, I'm no questioning that. But he's also had a lot of uh, passes that have really broken that that back three, the the, the goal that um, I'm not sure. Well, maybe was it the goal? I'm not sure. But he, he got given opportunities where because of his ball going forward. Actually, it was he won the ball. He headed the ball that led to the goal um, against Jamaica that also stopped the counter, but also set up the goal. 
and he had all other opportunities where it gave the U.S. chances to to go forward. So he may not be as good defensively, but he is good but, like having those balls. But yeah, I, know, I already know what you're gonna say. That's everyone's fascination right now. Oh, the, but he can play. He can start it up. Who cares? His first, res- his first responsibility is defending. It's the same thing. Galaxy had a good center back that could play out the back, but he couldn't defend for crap. So why does it matter? If you yeah. can't, if you can't defend, your first responsibility is to defend. Then I agree, you need those aspects, but I don't think he's good enough. Uh, maybe in the future, he's still very young. Um, for me, I don't really know. None of these players really stand out that they would uh, hoppy. Maybe um, I think he's still indecisive at times. Um, possibly Reggie Cannon and Daryl DK, but um, DK's kind of falling asleep in his last about, games. I'll, I'll give Sands. Lucio, Lucio's getting a lot of nah, hype. He's getting really a lot like of hype, but he's not very good. I don't know how Italy is taking him. You think, you think uh, Ariola's done? I think so. I think he's still going to be a solid player for like the MLS. Um, I don't think he he can contribute to our our A team. Yeah, I don't think so too. I still think Matt I mean, Turner will get a call up, not start, but I think he'll still get a call up. I think if we have a call up of thirty um, for the initial training camp, that you know, obviously they trimmed down to twenty three. I still think uh, Acosta, I think Miles, Hoppy. Dude, um, I don't even Sands, think Kyle Acosta should be starting now. Well, I mean, he, he, had, a pretty, he, had, pretty, he had a pretty good game against Jamaica. If you look at the stats, he, he's got a high rating. But, um, yeah, yeah I mean, I, don't, I, haven't, I, haven't liked, I haven't really liked Acosta either. I, I do think that it, it's already past his time, and now it's time for somebody else. Um yeah, I think DK, he still has some work to do, but I think he still gets a call up. Call up, And, you know, I think Zada this is a pretty much lock-in um, to keep getting called up. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, David, let's go into your favorite moment, yeah? Oh, and just really quick, the EPL season starts uh, August 14th, so it'll be here before you know it. So oh, I we'll forgot see, about that. Uh, We'll get to see our boys uh, start back up. Yeah, La Liga I think is not until September, so obviously because of COVID, all the all the seasons are going to be off. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see all the all the U.S. Uh, players uh, back in action. Let me ask you, David, who wins the EPL this season? There's a lot of good teams up there. Obviously, we saw Chelsea what kind of win the Champions is that, League. Dude? Arsenal is not up there, bro. Don't even be happy if you don't get relegated. <laughs> yeah right, dude. Uh, no, nah, it's gonna be Leicester City again, dude. Yeah right. Hey, currently, currently Arsenal is at, to- at the top of the table because it's an alphabetical <laughs> order. <laughs> always, always the Arsenal fans at the start of the season. We're top of the table. table we're top of the league. Top of the league. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's so tough to say without seeing the, t- the teams play and, and how the uh, you know how how they how they the players and how the chemistry is. Um, but honestly, yeah, like you mentioned, Chelsea's look good. Manchester United's look good. Man City's always going to be up there. Um, so I think those are the, the the three front runners. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about how Liverpool is going to respond after last season. Um, and obviously, you know, Arsenal can't do any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, no, I think uh, Arteta's going to turn it around, hopefully. Um, but yeah, speaking, yeah, speaking about that, guys, we're doing EPL Fantasy. If anybody wants to join, reach out on Facebook. Uh, let us know if you guys are into it. Um, we had a, our first run this past season. Started off with 10 players. Only five actively played. So we're looking to get 10 again, but active players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going into your favorite moment of the week, Stud David. 
FC Dallas uh, player Ricardo Pepe hat trick against your beloved Galaxy Obi. I know that hurt, uh, but I mean, it, he he had some uh, you know some uh, Twitter comments about uh, you know the DK better watch out watch his back because he, he can get the uh, you know into the U.S. men's national team and, and do some work. Yeah, Ricardo Pepe, dude. Um, the thing is, we still have to be careful because he he does have eligibility for the Mexican national team. So of course he does. We gotta we gotta call him up uh, and into a game. Should have been the Gold it Cup. Would, reality. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a top prospect in the U.S. without having dual citizenship or dual, uh, you know, yeah, dual nationalship or whatever you nationality. Call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but your dad, yeah. David, go ahead and give it to your favorite position. And I think last time you mentioned that we keep having a keeper. <laughs> That's a mistake. So uh, I'll have to look for it. Even if, even if there is a, bla- a blaring keeper mistake, I'm going to have to overlook it and see if I can find something else because uh, we're throwing too much shade at, at, at your people. Um, but, yeah, another huge keeper mistake from former U.S. Best National Team player William Yarborough. Um, just a, a regular back pass that, you know, uh, 99.9% of the time, nothing happens it's cleared bad giveaway but it goes further up the field but this time the ball just rolls right under his foot and barely crosses the line and he, he tries to save it and but by then it's too late um so that that sucks for him i hate seeing it but it's still a dud um kudos for him that i mean not kudos for him but positive for him is that they still ended up losing three zeros to, to real salt lake <laughs> so maybe the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal but i don't know like, it kills, it kills momentum dude it does kill momentum, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> why are you guys struggling so hard to, get, to score a goal? Why can't we get one of these freebies? <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, it, it comes down to really the professionals, you know, because you see it with, well, obviously when it happens to goalkeepers, it goes into the back of the net, but you see it with defenders, you see it with forwards. Um, they take the eye off the ball, dude. They're looking elsewhere, but you got to, the fundamentals, you know, when you're, you're a kid growing up is watch your foot strike the ball. Same thing when you're receiving. Yeah, you're looking, scanning, but well, you got to actually watch your foot receive it, whether it's peripheral or not. And a lot of these guys take their foot, their their heads up, and they don't look at it whatsoever. So they that happens. They they raise their foot too high, and it goes straight underneath. Yeah, and I, I actually had that happen to me one time in a high school game. It was pretty embarrassing because you know you're you're looking for the next thing to do the next pass the next play so you look up for a moment as the ball's coming slowly back to you and then it goes in between my legs <laughs> but uh, yeah again if i would have been a keeper you know it's a goal and it's a big deal but yeah you know being on the field you don't get punished nearly as much as you know when you're a keeper so it's just, just it's a very uh you know important part of the field where it's you, a lonely position dude so yeah it's a lonely position and there's nobody really to help you um uh, kudos from the uh, I think there was one th- defensive player that came came to him and was like ah it's not a big deal you know whatever we'll get through it but it sucks it's one of those things that everybody sees in the whole entire stadium and then becomes uh, you know uh, trending on, on social media what, what I love is as a goalkeeper you know I, I didn't have one of those blaring mistakes where it was a pass back and I swung and missed but um, you know maybe didn't clear correctly wasn't too good of a clear but I love the center backs that right away on the next play would get the ball and pass it straight back to you again, you know, kind of saying, hey, we still trust you, you know, we'll give it to you again, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be uh, what does Ted Lasso say his favorite pet is the goldfish 10 second memory. That second memory. That's what you got to do. Just forget about it as hard as it is and get to it. Uh, speaking of that, Ted Lasso is back season two, baby. 
Um, I'm excited. I'm not going to say any spoilers because <laughs> I haven't even watched the first episode of the second season. Um, but I'm going to. I'm trying to get uh, my, my, my parents to watch the first season. So I kind of want to watch the whole first season before I start the second season. But we'll see how it goes. I might not be able to wait that long. Yeah, um, definitely a good show. Make sure you guys tune in. Apple TV. Um, it's not too bad. What, four ninety nine a month? Yeah. Yeah, but thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously, next week we're going to have even a better episode. It's been great. Follow us on Facebook. Give us reviews. Uh, get in the discussion on what's going on on Facebook as well. Email us. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what topics you guys want. We appreciate the love. We out. It's been real. It's been fun. But it hasn't been real fun. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out weekly. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out via email or on any of our social media platforms. Bye. Have a good week.